0: Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Blake and the Pork
1: Blake and the Pork Blake and the Pork It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork
0: Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse Forum, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum, as well as the Cash Money sponsorship of Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your... CDs, LPs, T-shirts, clothing, posters, all sorts of paraphernalia from people who love the Camber Raiders as much as you do. And we are coming to you from the filthiest storeroom hidden somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never. A lot of talk about, Blake. A lot of talk about it. There is.
1: Well, it's been two weeks since I last... Is it, is it more than two weeks? Three weeks. weeks. It's now three weeks now. Yeah, Jeez, time flies. Long time in football. You do it
0: one day and then suddenly, you know, you're talking about one thing and... Yeah, you're talking about another. Things change and... But, you know, one of the things is, you know, we're keeping it real and both myself and uh, Blake have uh, young, young boys. Uh, big shout out to Eddie and Matthew, biggest fans of the show. Nice one, boys, uh, who had school holidays and needed to be... Uh, Corraled. Yeah, taken to like hot spots
1: like the uh, Bateman's yeah. Bay uh, yeah. <laughs> Soldiers Club. And yes, yes. Me, me and Eddie went to um, Barrel and we visited the Bradman Museum. And the day we arrived in Barrel, there was an announcement uh, that someone at Woolworths in Barrel tested positive for coronavirus. So the whole time we drive by, we're going,
0: not going in there. Well, the day that Matthew and I were scheduled to go to Bateman's Bay was in fact the day that the coronavirus visited the Soldiers Club. And fortunately, we got detoured by. Matthew's nanny to Maria instead. So we weren't there on that particular day, but all fun and games. Now, the Roosters game. The Roosters yes. game. I, one of one of the greatest Raiders wins of all time. It really, it really was. It's one for the true believers. I had an exchange with uh, the great coach, Ricky, where I basically said, no, stuff all the unbelievers. We can do this. Um, We're up against the walls, but, you know, we can do this, the team can do this. It's absolutely wonderful, um, and you go out there and prove them wrong. I spent the whole week leading up to that game thinking that we were just going to get smashed, and, you know, I was wondering, you know, just probably
1: by how many it was going to be. And then about half an hour, an hour before the game, I just thought, no, we can do this. But Mm. I don't know if that was just the eternal Raiders fan optimism, Mm. optimism bias I seem to have, where I, I always sort of, even though
0: everything says that we can't. I just kind of have this belief. Well, as it happened, um, I suddenly looked at it and I, I also didn't have very high hopes for the match, looking that everyone was out. And then I looked at the odds that we got and the the betting app that I use um, had in a two horse race, the Raiders head to head at $5.25. And I looked at it and said, those odds are just wrong. There is no way in the world this, this can be. And I went and checked out um, the actual team list. And I suddenly thought, look, you know, we're down a bit on stuff, but they're missing Ferrells, they're missing Butcher, and they're missing Radley. You know, they're not at full strength and you know, they're just not at full strength. Okay, we're missing a lot of players, but we've got a lot of players. We've got George Williams, we've got Jack Whiten, we've got, you know, we've got players in there. They're good, we've got Elliot Whitehead, we've got Josh Papali. We're by no means a side that's, you know, out of it. And I think uh, one of the things that really came up about that was, and Ricky said in the presser afterwards, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear, Angus Crichton. Yeah, now, I think that was specifically at Josh Papali. Yeah, because it certainly was. Because that was the moment in the match where I really thought it really changed in our favour because Josh Papali doesn't get angry like that. He, It's not his go. That was the moment in the match I went...
1: I couldn't believe that we would be penalised. You could elbow someone in the face. Like that. A oh, wild swinging
0: elbow <laughs> and, into someone's and face. you get the penalty to you. Yeah, yeah you get the penalty <laughs> to you. It's like... Uh, it
1: only happened to the Raiders. Only, it would only happen to the Raiders. It, was, the it was
0: stunning. Uh, you know, scenes of Bailey Simonson getting uh, Sinbin the week before against Melbourne in what turned out to be the crucial moment in the match. Well, the two turning points, in that, we're jumping back a bit, but the two turning points in that game are really
1: will well, they go down where he would have been scored the try? Yeah, And the other one, unfortunately, was the Elliot Whitehead not grounding the ball. I mean, you watch that yep. in real time yep. and it looks to try for all money, but the right
0: foot, no, no, we'll just
1: check that grounding. And obviously yep. I'm
0: sure that he he was glad that he did. Yeah, and Elliot after the match said, no, I probably dropped it short of the line. He wasn't complaining Because he, he definitely did. And he'll blame himself. But having said that, Elliot Whitehead is not the problem with the Canberra Raiders. Elliot Whitehead no. is the way forward. I mean, it, it's fairly clear. Someone that... I heard, Braith
1: Naster, or someone on Fox Sports, in the lead-up to um, to the, the game against the Roosters, and he was saying, oh, yeah, these players, these other forwards have to lift, and Elliot Whitehead hasn't had a very good season. I was like... Do you actually as, watch as, football, Braith? As if, as if you haven't sort of spelled yourself out to be a complete, inept idiot, the one yeah. of the worst and our analysts on all time in, in
0: TV... Naster did it again. He's shocking. He's so bad. I mean, it, it, I mean, I've, I've said this again and again and again. I don't know why he's not constantly in our top three votes. I don't know why. Um, I believe he's been our best player this season. I, I think he's definitely consistently, yeah, consistently. Yeah. Um, but you know, in, in that match, yeah, he got that wrong. But while he doesn't have the C next to his name officially, there's no question that him and Jarrett Croker are the captains right now. Yeah. I mean, and he stood up to do that. But going back to Dave well, Pope the other the bear, interesting thing about. Um, about Elliot
1: Whitehead is two is now a couple of games at the end and it happened against, against the Roosters. He's gone straight up to the ref at the end of the match and had something to say. Mm. He's got he's unhappy about something or he's he's had
0: I I love seeing that. Oh, I yeah. love so he's definitely a leader of the team. Oh no he, he's it, definitely it's no question whatsoever now he's he's you know, the C's not officially there but they, he's definitely taken on captain's I mean role. maybe
1: maybe he brought up the maybe he brought up the, the elbow to the face or maybe brought up those sort of just inexplicable Decisions we seem to get go against us, and as much as we love Jared Croker, he's never really been the person to really um, be able to keep the refs to account, which Mm. is probably why um, we saw Josh Hodgson, you know, be made yeah co-captain. Well, it's also
0: because Josh Hodgson's right next to
1: the play in the middle of the field, of course. But also, yeah, that was the whole thing. We couldn't really have the influence over the refs when a
0: guy's standing way out, you know, in the centres. Well, just to bring home how tough Elliot White is head is though, Um, you know, about 20 metres to my right, I'm standing in the dirty zone on the sideline. um, And he comes out when we all knew he was gone and couldn't come back on the field. And he was going to take his place on the field against the storm because we were down on troops and he was going to come back out. And somehow he'd been cleared to come back out. I don't know how, but he had. Um, Anyway, just before he's going to go in, he's got his boarding pass. He suddenly walks away from the sideline, goes down to the little dugout, um, just near where I was, vomits. and then turns around and ran onto the field and played front row for the remaining 20 minutes of the match like nothing had happened. This guy isn't just tough. He's crazy tough. He's hard as nails. You know, I do that, you do that. You know, we're curled up in the fetal position looking for a pillow and a blanket and mummy to soothe our cool head.
1: The last player I saw vomit on the sideline of the game at Bruce was um, Eric Groth Jr. Mm. And that was a Sunday game. It's probably because he had a big night the night before more than... uh,
0: yeah, maybe. No, no. I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, don't... He had an interesting approach Don't football. poke the
1: bear. He, 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 he was a struggling musician who worked part-time as a footballer or something. That was his
0: story. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Angus Crichton, throwing that elbow out to Josh Papali, and, and you've got to say to yourself, that's, that wasn't smart. A, Papali really wasn't holding him down. The tackle hadn't been going on for that long, and it really was one of those things where that really could have gone A, on report, and B, a penalty to the Raiders, But Josh Papali got up and made it absolutely clear to Angus Crichton he wasn't going to tolerate that. And from that moment, Josh Papali lit the fuse and went hard. And they had an incredibly hard time even trying to restrain him in Well, they... they... Crichton copped a uh, a heavy tackle not that long after that. He He went off and now he's gone for like three or four weeks. Yeah, he's out. And that's going to cause the Roosters even more problems because they're on the same amount of points as us. But Papali was absolutely brilliant. Having said that, everyone looked at that try... I have seen worse defence in my life but it involved Blake Austin and, and Joey Lelua. Um but, but that's really the ilk we're talking about the hole that he went you through you know the other thing interesting at the end is and you saw it in
1: um, that try and uh, also when George Williams sort of went through in sort of similar ways straight up the guts I mean mm. I'm, I think Ricky has shown the blueprint. I think out. Williams had a lot
0: to do in that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, but Ricky's showing the blueprint to the competition. You don't attack the Roosters out wide, you go straight up the middle. Yeah. And that was the thing they're saying, as good as the defensive systems are of the Roosters, if you go straight back in the up the guts, well it's a one on one decision. It's not really a a system that's being tested. But um the thing that uh, was interesting was Tedesco really very poor, almost no attempt to tackle Josh Papali.
0: Very I, poor he, attempt to I, he attack had George Williams. No, he had, George Williams, yes, but by the time George Williams got through, George Williams had to go through three players, all who all of whom got hands on him, all of whom were close to him. Like there was no like, you know, COVID virus removal of the hole that George Williams went through. He went through no hole. There was three players all around him at that stage, all had a fair play at him. And should have pulled him up. And I think Tedesco at that stage is looking at, you know, when the tackle's made, getting to dummy half, rather than thinking, oh, my God, this guy's coming through. So while he should have made a better effort on that one, um, it that came right at the line. But when it came to Josh Papali, really, really he was going to stop him from there? Well, my point is, I think that Tedesco, post um, being KO'd by Sivo
1: in mm-hmm. a really big way against that match, uh, against the Eels, I think he's a bit gun-shy. I think he's a bit hesitant of the contact. Maybe. Whereas you Josh... Conversely, CNK right? Yeah, doesn't have the the ball playing attacking nous of Tedesco. Yeah, defensively one on one. Yeah, you'd back him every day. Yeah, and he, he has he no worry about self preservation. Yeah, he no. has no concern about no. putting his body on the
0: line. No, he know? puts his body on the line. Um, another person that I think really stood out in that match and should have got votes from most people, but Papa overdue, Denhamus Louis. Best best match two, for the well, club. Well, two.
1: He's come back into the team. He had a fantastic game against the Storm as well. Yeah, you know, in, in that game against the Roosters, two one-on-one strips, and that match were changing. yeah, were they were like the Josh Hodgson ones. They were yeah. such momentum changes. Yeah, they were. He's obviously taken on
0: the role now because he did it a little bit last year. The strip as well, but he's obviously taken on the. Um, but they were brilliant, and oh, the fantastic. strength of the man there. But the way he's been running the ball and his tackling has been fantastic. I mean, he's no fill-in prop there. Like I he, don't know, he's he was bloody. I never brilliant. look. He's been
1: a bit of a, a, a whipping boy. And he's been a bit of a scapegoat from Raiders fans uh, over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, he has... Not from this had, one. Well, he has dropped the ball occasionally. But I've always said, you've got to have your work... You know, for, for Glenn Lazarus, there was Brent Todd. Yeah. And Brent Todd was... He passed the ball once in the grand final. Oh. <laughs> was, there was nothing flash about him, but he was a workman mm. and did his job. And you can't have every single prop on your team on no. seven eight $800,000. You need an honest toiler. But my and point who punches is, above their weight, and I
0: think he's. he's Lou is doing that, and well, and he's doing more. more than doing. He's it.
1: doing more. Yeah, he's really stepped up, and yeah, I it's think been
0: great to see. George Williams and um, and Jack White also stepped up and did pretty well in that match. I mean, Jack White when he runs at the at the line, you have got to tackle him. He, there, there's no half-assed runs with him no. whatsoever. It's all full on. Unfortunately, um, so the Roosters game was good, um, and it was very good for the team because it gave them self-belief at a really important time when everyone could have happily written us off after Josh Hodgson's gone out and you know, things things looked a lot better. And there are, in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part 3. And I think top of that list uh, is Tom Starling. Yeah, great. Absolutely great. Who saw that coming? Defensively, for the
1: smallest man, uh, Colby was making some big tackles. He was. Who
0: saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, his running out of dummy half was fast and sharp and authoritative and his tackling of big men and the way he took it on was to be like was good because like we said before you know when josh hudson got injured that uh, my concern was that
1: havili going to number nine Mm. we lose some of his running and his impact well they actually were able to operate on the field at the same time you know have havili in there for the first 20 minutes or yep. whatever and then do the tackling on. in the middle then bring staling on then you can Havili can have a rest mm. and then he can come on which he did because I think Starling ended up playing 60 minutes straight or whatever he after did. he came yep. on then you can bring Havili back on in the second half and have him operating you know mm. as a prop it's it's really the way it's, it's only, we're only one match in but against a pretty decent opposition it's really turned yeah. out to be uh, and his great. passing was great the one his thing I will say neither of those two guys are re-signed for next year yet so we'd be wanting to think about it apparently you know everyone's it's, Starling suddenly put him put himself on the shop window for every mm. every team out there looking for a, a number nine or a backup.
0: Uh, look, we, I think we, I we think want to make sure we re-sign both those guys. I think Avili is definitely a definitely a priority for the side. He's just shown himself to be a really good club man and really worth it. You know, back rower, hooker, um, just that massive massive muscle going low and fast yeah. is really. And look, you the match you against can't. the Roosters wasn't his best, but against the Storm he was very good. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, that was a great reason to be cheerful, Tom um, Starling. We've already talked about Danamis Louie, reason to be cheerful. Elliot Whitehead, constantly reason to be cheerful. And the other reason to be cheerful is Corey Harawar and Naira coming, not this weekend, unfortunately, but next weekend will be fit to play. It's interesting because I don't know whether, because if
1: you sign a player from another team, they are already Air quotes in the bubble, so they can come straight in. Does he need to go into some sort of bubble or some sort of self quarantine? Well, maybe before? he does because but he, yeah, he
0: hasn't. If he's been mixing in regular society, yeah, and where he's been as yeah. well in Southwest Sydney, yeah, um, yeah, there, I would say there would definitely have to be some isolation for that. But I do know that his teammates, his New Zealand teammates, uh, uh, Joe Tarpana and Jordan Rapin are pretty happy about him coming. Oh, look,
1: and I mean, in terms of base, essentially, we're signing him to replace John Bateman to play on that edge. Yeah, and. In terms of who's available and who we could get, we couldn't have done much better than I don't him. Think, He's a quality, I quality really player. I really don't think we could
0: have done much better he than him. He had a
1: great year. at the Bull, He was a standout player at the Bulldogs yeah. last and year. And when he was at Penrith, he was yeah. a standout player. He's
0: a good player. And he went to the Bulldogs for more money than Penrith were we going to give him. Well, there not, also not was, because they, they shot him off.
1: There was a, some murky stuff going on at Penrith last yeah, year, yeah. which to what extent he was part of, we don't know. We can only oh, speculate. A year before he left, he yeah. was at the bullies. last year. I mean, yeah, at, at, at 2018. Look, some people... May be a little bit concerned about his signing on, you know, character grounds, etc. He's been tarred with the same brush as Jordan Ockhamore. I don't
0: think what he did was in the same league as Ockhamore. It was definitely a breach of protocols, and it's not something you'd want to see him ever do again. No, Um, but yeah, the the person involved with him was not a minor, um, yet it wasn't appropriate. Yeah, Um, I'm sure he's definitely had his medicine on this one. Um, and time oh, will you'd tell. Like, you'd, like
1: to think he'd, you'd like to think he's learned his lesson.
0: Yeah, one would like to, but I'm pretty excited about that. That's definitely a reason to be cheerful. A couple of other talking points. This, we, we, you mentioned before the kicking game of Jack White. Something in the
1: Roosters game that I've noticed and teams are doing and seemingly getting away with a lot is they're really tackling him after he's kicking the ball. I think yeah. we've got one penalty for it, but everyone who watches the Raiders and every coach knows Whiten kicks the ball and then he runs a million miles an hour down Jason. the field and smashes the fullback or the winger Mm. who's who's collected that kick. If you tackle him late after he's kicked it, immediately, Mm. well, he's not in a position to to do that, is he? So obviously teams are being told Mm. and coaches are are instructing their players to smash him Mm. as he kicks
0: the ball, after he kicks the ball. And I would like to see the referees... We have pulled two penalties for that happening, where in both occasions I thought at the time... Not that they were soft, but it was a 50-50 whether you do that or not. But the referees are aware of it, are looking at it. There was one that happened last week against the Roosters where I thought we could have got a penalty for it, yeah. but it didn't. There was another one where they were coming through to smash him and he had his eyes for that and kicked it out, of, uh, I know. out on the full, which was a bit of a, a problem there. But I'm sure the refs know about it. We've got Ashley Klein this weekend. Um, He's had some shockers lately. But, I mean... When look, are we getting Ben Cummins? Uh, that won't happen, but the issue um, the issue I've got is Grant Atkins has always been our best ref. And that, that was, performance against the Storm... was horrific. It was just appalling. Like, um, uh, there was no other way for me to look at it than saying, you just got that wrong. And the, the penalties the Storm were getting and the penalties the Raiders weren't getting, exactly the same ruck, both ways. I'm not saying yeah. the Raiders were clean skins, but exactly the same ruck. And against the Roosters in the first half... Um, we were just getting constantly six-again calls yeah, against us with well, exactly the same thing they were doing, we were doing, and it, they had more people in the tackle. It
1: started in the Dragons game. They were getting all the six-again calls, and we've sort of been getting a couple here and there and, the, you know, whatever yeah. the
0: square-ups in the second half. Yeah, we've and, been on really on the wrong end of all those things. We've been games. getting square-ups in the second half, and, and I think the Storm match was massive in that regard because there was massive square-ups in the second half because I think when he came in and saw the penalty count, as lopsided and the six again count as lopsided as it was, and you're playing the Melbourne Storm, and you're talking about ruck offences, you've really got to look at that. And the same with the Roosters. Now, this is not to say the the Raiders are clean-skinned, but, you know, it irritates me. And you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? It grinds my gears, the six again restarts, Blake, because they're inconsistent. And one of them that really got up my nose last week was with 15 seconds to go in the first half. Oh, we got one. We got a six again restart yeah. when we're right in front of the post. And at that point, give us the penalty. Yeah. And let it let oh, it the be roosters two the roosters knew what they were doing. One of the few things that rugby union does better than rugby league is an advantage. And you see the refs playing advantage at which point you can then knock the ball on and get the penalty. Yeah. And that needs to be allowed for the six-again count because what's happening a lot in the six-again count at the present moment is when a team kicks the ball through and chases it down, they're happily giving away a penalty to get their line down and straight, knowing that they don't care if there's a six-again call but yeah. because their line's line straight. Those ones shouldn't be a six-again call. Those ones should be a flat-out penalty. But
1: the smart teams, the Roosters and the Storm, will always find a way. To exploit the rules because well, that's that was, the that way that was, i'd exploit the, the, the rules too. The, the six again call evolved because they were deliberately giving penalties on their own line yeah
0: you know to reset their line because yeah, yeah, so they knew and, and just that's found good. a different way so the six again call should be there in the 20 but the instant you get a six again call the the captain should be able to yell out penalty yeah and take the penalty at that point yeah. so they the the side that's in thir- cheated against can get the decision of what they want to do. Because if you're 10-all with in the 79th minute, you don't want six again. You want a penalty in front of the sticks. Yeah, no, and, that's a very good, I agree, I agree with that. I'm on board with it, I'm but on board. I don't agree it, with much it, of it, your, your It completely views, grinds but... my gears the way the six again restarts are doing, um, because there is no rhyme or reason to it. Um, and and it, it annoys, it annoys me greatly. Hi, this is Theo Soliola. Why are you listening to rated Review with Blake and the Pork? You should go do something useful instead, like helping people in your community. The comings and goings, Nick Kotrick.
1: It's sad to see, look, it really is sad to see. I've kind of, you know, it looked like it was happening for a while and I've tried to sort of reconcile the fact and convince myself of the fact, And mm. but he's a, he's a local junior. Yeah. And the fact that he wants out for whatever reason is a bit sad and it's a bit disappointing, Yeah, you know. Um it's various stories that, you know, he he, he came back, Sam Aebi's manager came back and said, you know, we just want another 25 grand, at which point um, Don Fern Jr. said, no, nah, deal's off the table now. Raiders obviously, and Fern and Ricky are sick of the way that managers do their business. They're sick of the Raiders being used as a bargaining tool and they're like, okay, this is our offer, take it or leave it, and they're standing firm, which is undeniably admirable. Mm. But yeah, you wonder you think, well,
0: could we coughed up another twenty five grand and kept him? Um, the question, and look, they would have thought about this in depth. The issue is, he's a winger and a centre. I know, and they are at the bottom of the pecking order in regards to value in the team. They are the bottom ranked players in value to the team, and prop wingers coming well, as well. Wingers yeah, w- are wingers, are, wingers up. are higher than centres. Yeah. And the thing is, he wants to play as a centre, and the, the Bulldogs are going to let him play that. I personally think we should be playing him at Rice Centre. I think that's where he should be. I think that's where he's always played his best football as a junior. And I think he breaks a lot of tackles and he's pretty good. But, you know, you know, Andrew McFadden, Ricky Stewart and Don Ferner Jr. would not have made that decision lightly, knowing that they wouldn't have had to go too much further. So they've made a line in the sand yeah. about what that's going to be and where their priorities are. And... At this moment, you've got to say their priorities are your George Williams, your Josh Hodgson's, your Jack Whiten's, your CNKs. Well, CNK is on you know very small money. Yeah, for a spine and, player, and and that's I it's a lot think, less than that. It's a lot less than the five fifty six. That's right. So, but he he again needs to lift this season because he he's a bit down on form from this season. But I think there's a good reason for that. Um, I've been thinking about this very hard, but before we get into that, um, we have uh, to look at the Rabideaus match. Now, the last time we played them will be um, just over 300 days ago in the preliminary final, where I, in fact, stood next to Tom Starling on the reserve bench, noting just how much smaller than me he was. And so when I was watching those tackles that he put on the weekend before, I was just thinking, my goodness gracious me, he's a strong man. Um, it was quite impressive, but um, when Josh Papali went over underneath the sticks when we were a man down and we thought, we've got this, although we had to you know, bear out a really uncomfortable last two minutes, mm. um, that was pretty exciting for the National Capital. That was, oh, was huge. possibly was one huge. of the biggest highlights. But this weekend, we come up against them, and while we've got an injury list, you know, the lengthy arm, we don't have Goula, we don't have Horsbury, we don't have Hodgson, we don't have um, Oldfield. Um, Curtis Scott, Curtis Scott is, has an infected arm... The question's been
1: posed: Will he have an infected arm up till he goes to court?
0: Yeah, he might. He might have an infected <laughs> arm. When there's he goes something to court. going on, isn't there? I don't know, but I was very surprised not to see him on the Normally extended you, think, bench.
1: You, you, would, you would think that an infected arm. Normally, players have an infection or whatever else. They yeah. you, they go to hospital. They Stick him into a drip, and then they're back. Wasn't it like um, who was was it Gilmeister or something that buddy? Yeah, Gilly. wheeled him, wheeled him in with the drip still in his arm from hospital, and put him out in the like man on match too, as I recall. Yeah, I don't know that an an infected arm, unless it's you know, who knows? Who I, don't, knows? I don't believe that that it's going to keep you up. I don't. Of I don't know
0: how he's looking at this moment, um, but um, yeah, any. Uh, He's not there. He's not there for one reason or another. He's not on the bench. Um, We don't know why. But, you know, the Rabbitohs are missing. Ethan Lowe, James Roberts, Latrell Mitchell, and Adam Dewey. So, they're down a lot on on truth.
1: Dewey had a great game in that game. Yeah,
0: he did. He was great until Josh Papali sorted it out. And we got a penalty against us for a really good tackle.
1: Well, I saw that. We sort of talked about Josh Papali before. There was a Fox Sports in the lead-up to this game Mm. have done a done a, sort of a highlights package on him and if you haven't seen it it's absolutely brilliant Matt Nable is a terrible commentator should never call a rugby league game again but some of the packages they put together are really good this one's got Die straits in the background oh, yeah. it's all about Papa I'm gonna share it post it on our various social media platforms if I can find it because it's absolutely brilliant but they showed that tackle and I was like oh, we're lucky he
0: didn't miss the grand final I don't know it crept up a bit no. He did, he got charged for it, didn't he? And then he got off. Yeah, they, no, they, they they put him on report, and there was no charge found. No, I, yeah. I don't think it did. I think that was hit him high on the chest. I think it was it laid was, I think him out. I think it was any other week. I think have, if there had been a captain's challenge, we might have captain's <laughs> challenged it, and I think we would have got a, We would have got the ball back because he dropped it cold. He was smashed. But Dewey was good in that match, but they don't have him, so the teams look like this. We're starting with Louis Havili, Papali, Whitehead, uh, Hudson Young, who I think's been playing pretty well. Yeah, good. Um, we've got Kai O'Donnell starting at lock, and so he's been doing the first 20 minutes of lock and then coming off. Um, then we've got uh, George Williams and Whiten in the halves. Rapiner's in centre. I think he did all right. It's problematic. I mean, I keep going. Say the next player. we got Croker, obviously. On the wings, we've got Kotrick and uh, Sammy uh, Vellame, who I thought when, did pretty when well. When we had Rapiner at
1: centre and Sammy on the wing, I was just like we're going to lose, and then it's going to go through here. And they scored one try.
0: Yeah, but it was a good through try. There.
1: Oh, I was really nervous.
0: I, I sort of had flashbacks to um, Alec yeah. Ngannou yeah, on, the, on yeah, that yeah. right wing and we got coming Nicole in. Out. Yeah, yeah, we got full back. We got Starling in 14. We got Joe Tarpan 15. Ryan Sutton in 16. And Harley Smith-Shields, who's a debutant, coming yeah. on in the seven I think the inches. thing with, with
1: Rappina in the centre there, you know, he's got, he's, he was obviously was doing a lot of talk. He was trying to work with his winger. It's the probably the best... Scenario under the circumstances, because I don't think Nick Cotric's necessarily going to be able to talk to his winger as much, and and the only thing with Rupp and I think, at centre is and generally is he tries to maybe make the, the big shot a bit too often, and the problem with making the big shot is when it comes off, it's great, but then you can you miss it, you can miss it, or you can bounce off, and then you get yeah, into yeah. trouble. So that'd be the only thing. I'd
0: I'd like to see him sort of. Hold I think it he's a bit seen energy, though. I think he's oh the leadership what I'm on the side is yeah. really good in that position. Um, the Souths have the Burgess boy. We've got Damien Cook, who's obviously a linchpin in this match, to Tola and the front row. Cook's I...
1: been a bit quiet. Like, 2020, everyone was thought... Pretty of good last week. Yeah, I didn't see last week, but... <clears throat> He was pretty good Everyone expected week. him just to explode with the new yeah, rule change. and He, he hasn't mean, to pack around. Well, him, he doesn't man. have to go forward because it's a bit no, like when you've got we've well, got two big, when you've got
0: Sammy and Tom and whoever yeah, yeah. But now punching up. Now he's got Tom on one side and he's got Tertola on the other. Now, that's not a well-credentialed front row. It's not bad. Then we've got Bailey Sirenin in the second row with uh, Jaden Sewer who put on a big hit um, and is a good player but not great. Then they've got, of course, Superstar and Cam Murray at 13. Now, oh, Cam great. Murray is just unbelievable. Every side wants a Cam Murray. He's fantastic. Adam Reynolds at half back, great player. Cody Walker has scored a, gu- a, a try in every match in the last four matches against the Raiders. Then in the, the back line's getting makeshift. So they've got Dane Gagai and Campbell Graham back from injury in the centres. That's actually a very good centre combo. Gagai's been rubbish for the Rabbits. Yeah, it's but he can absolute, always pull off a big a, one, and this is the sort of thing you will do. And he's, then for eight hundred thousand, I think he's on eight hundred thousand for a center or whatever it is. He, yeah. He's really failed. to. We've got Jackson pa- Paulo, who, although quite tall at 6'3 and big at 101 kilos, is playing his second game for the club. And then we've got Corey Allen on the other wing who's got 20, 20 games. We've got Alex Johnson back at fullback who won't do anything wrong but isn't doesn't have what Dewey has. On the bench we've got Two ex Raiders players in Mark Eccles and Patrick Mago. Patrick Mayo never played first grade for the Raiders though. He's never. No. We've um, got a 20s player Hamish Saley, um, also on the the bench for them, and we've got uh, Jack Johns, yeah. who's, who's making his um, debut. His debut in this match as well. But now we get to the bit that everybody has been waiting for. Oh, but before we get to this, the stats are virtually identical for these two sides, almost identical across the board. It's almost amazing. The difference is we average scoring one more try a match than they do. That's it. I would have thought defensively we'd be better
1: than them, but they've been pretty good
0: defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're all right. Um, and this is a four-point game because they're oh, down 100%. below us. If we win this, we push four points away from them and it makes you know it makes the chasing pack harder. It's a really important match. But now we get to uh, go to the extended bench. Well, there's one
1: name that really stood out. Stands on the, out like on the, the bollocks on, on, on a dog. On the extended bench on the Raiders this weekend. Of course, it's... Um, Darby Medlin, Darby Medlin the, the, is there. the the um, the Parks
0: Spaceman. Yep. Have we
1: have we had a Parks Spaceman play for the Raiders before? I
0: don't know, but he's there and he might make it. Obviously, you see Sam Williams is back on the bench. Uh, yeah, calling for him. We got Matt Frawley also sitting there on the bench. But in jumper number twenty one is John Bateman. Is it a smoke da, screen? Da, da, da. Is it a smoke screen? Well, that's Who's what they're right saying. It's, it's it's just there just to, to give Uncle Wayne
1: a few sleepless nights between now and then I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in I mean I don't we've know. known we've known in the past that he has a miraculous ability to come back from injury much faster than others than predicted
0: well I wouldn't I, be surprised if he I was talking to Nigel um, the, the Raiders trainer at the last match and I said where is he and he said we just keep hearing two weeks we're hoping any moment now yeah right yeah so he they were like we want him back but the extended bench for the Rabbitohs Kurt Dillon got four games under his belt we got uh, a young man called Kean whose surname and I apologize to you sir I can't pronounce easily and I won't attempt to do it and get it badly wrong he's a prop Blake might have a go at that one Colin Matangi yeah Colin Matangi okay we're gonna go with that that's good (laughs) he's only got one game under his belt and then we got a young man called Dargan Troy Dargan. Troy Dargan used to used to be the Bronx yeah um, and uh, two games he's got under his and then we've got a Masters, Stephen Masters uh, he's got no belt uh, no match under his belt so <laughs> I think in this one we've actually got to give the extended bench to the Raiders well I don't think any extended bench that has John Bateman on it you know you can't beat that no
1: I don't, I don't think you but we, can we beat talked, we talked about um, Corey Hawira Naira coming hmm. in essentially as Bateman's replacement but you know, in two weeks' time, one or two weeks' time we could have them both, both in the side at the same time. And all of a sudden the damage that's been done yep. is a bit rectified. Assuming we don't get And any then you'd have Korea are presumably playing more as more as a middle for yep. the remainder of the season. But that's he offers a lot there and stuff at work. Tell you who's been good as well. We mentioned it before, one of the good things um, about Hudson Young coming back in the time, team finishing suspension is Joey Tarpany going back in the middle. He's been really good yeah. Through that. And his footwork, like having that footwork through the middle is a big thing I think in the modern game, especially with I tiring middle. he's
0: still got a hot wire in his head. He's still he still got that ability to snap and the op- opponents know it. They bloody know it. Um, one of the things that I like about the idea of John Bateman coming back is the player I think it has the most effect on in the team is CNK. CNK does massively better when Bateman's in the side. And it, there's a connection and an understanding between the two of them. When they go and attack, they yeah. know how to work together. But also, when CNK does those runs behind the back and Bateman's in there, the lead players, and you've seen we've been playing with Elliot Whitehead running that, all of a sudden, you'd expect every player except Elliot Whitehead to do it, and all of a sudden he's through. They've been playing that with him, and twice it's been CNK has taken the ball and scored the try. You know because that's the play he does yeah. he, he goes behind it with Bateman on the other side all of a sudden that that opens up on the other side and that attacking game can come back out for CNK so if we get Bateman just watch CNK explode just watch it happen because I think he does really well when he's playing behind that sort of player and you know the, the great thing about John Bateman is he'll give 100%. doesn't matter where he's going or when he's finished. When he's got your jersey on, until the moment he takes it off, he's yours. And he will give 100% for you and that team. So as much as we don't want him to go, just be assured the instant he gets back on the field, he'll be gunning as hard as anyone in that field, if not harder, to win the match and win the premiership. And I think with him back, and a few of these things still going right, I'm, still I'm, feel, I'm feeling a lot more
1: optimistic than I was you know, post- Post-watching Josh Hodgson limp off the
0: field. yeah, I feel a lot more optimistic than I was. Yeah, that was a pretty down moment. Uh, but uh, you got a few things that might have, you know, irritated you. In fact, made you go, on the burst! Yeah, well, on the burst this week, uh, Josh Morris. Josh. Carrying
1: on, carrying on. That uh, How we got given a penalty, you know, for an escort. I didn't know you could be an escort and catch the ball yourself. Yeah, And then, you know, people have come out and said, no, no, it should have actually been a penalty in the Roosters were robbed which is the most ridiculous thing the Fox Sports article you know disgraceful staff writers as I'm assuming that's the work experience well they kid, didn't even roosters get the article fan. right they said you know we, we, pa- we didn't get a penalty we just got it reversed I know it was absolutely ridiculous but yeah the, the carry on from Josh Morris because not only did he take a dive on that one
0: mm.
1: which you know he got he got, he got got shown up for strength from Jordan Rappiner from Jordan Rappiner and then threw his arms in the air and made a man he was carrying on the whole game yeah, every know. time he got carried tackled he was oh oh I think it was just embarrassing. Yeah, no it I was just embarrassing. It was it was embarrassing. I really liked the Morris brothers up
0: until they yeah. they were both playing for the Roosters and that now, was disappointment. Like, that was disappointing. It's yeah. like the time the Dutch came up against the Germans in the World Cup and everyone was going for them and then they played like cheating, 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 but and by the end of it no one wanted them to win. <laughs> you know, and, and it comes up, you know, like that. But this coming up now, and Elliot Whitehead said in, in um uh, in the interviews during the week. This this coming month is absolutely vital for the Raiders. If we can get three of the next four, or even four of the next four, the chance of missing the finals are virtually microscopic. Um, we've got South Sydney Rabbitohs this weekend at home. Then we go away to North Queensland, who aren't quite on their hands and knees. Their performance against Penrith last week was pretty handy, and they've had a change of coach the, 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 the sacked coach bounce it doesn't seem to happen anymore uh, and it n- doesn't always happen I, no, I well, did an article a few years ago.
1: Yeah, statistically it wasn't that remember when we sacked, when we sacked Dave Ferner yeah, we like, we, oh we've still got four games if we win our next four games we can still make the five pass. lost or, them all
0: yeah. <laughs> then we've got Penrith now Penrith just lost Coruscant for four weeks. Um, but having said he's that, he's been big for them. But they—they—they're just in great shape at the moment. The Panthers. At the, um, at and the, the start then, of this
1: year with the Panthers, I thought that Nathan Cleary was the most overrated player in the league. Well, I've had to totally eat my words because he's been great. And the turnaround, though, and this is why Trent Barrett's been in such demand as the coach for Canterbury since they've brought it. Because last year their attack was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. They played the most predictable mm. block to block, left to right attack you've seen all year and they really struggled. If it didn't if it wasn't kick out doing making something out of nothing, they couldn't score a try. Yeah. Or Waka Blake actually was the other game breaker and he went of course went to, to
0: Parramatta. But this year their attack's been on song. Yeah. Oh you got it. And it looks really good. But they look good, so that's going to be a hard match. Then we have the honour, and I think it's five matches, of Brisbane Broncos coming down here. Um, and then we go away to the Gold Coast, then host Canterbury Bulldogs. Before we finally come back and meet the Roosters back in Canberra, so oh, that'll be a big game. A good chunk of no, we've got some. We've gone through with we've, we've pretty much
1: through the, After this game, we're through the really tough period that we've had,
0: and it's some very winnable matches. Some some players back from injury. Things aren't looking as bad. Obviously, losing Josh Hodgson is as massive blow as you can. But we have to remember, we've got a lot of good players in this side who are very experienced in that. Um, but uh, Blake. Any opinions on who's got left? Ooh.
1: No, I've got nothing for this segment. This nothing. You, you don't have, have you don't have any. Do
0: cut straight down to um yeah.
1: to who do you think's got a lift?
0: I'd like to see CNK really get into attack. He's been playing that that run around the back, that loop around the back Look, play, and it's been being picked up an awful lot.
1: I thought I want that, to see him run straight. I thought that um, you know, I was watching that Risters game, I thought, really? and Long term, we've got to look to maybe move C&K to the right centre spot, because he can play centre, he's done a great job for the Kiwis, and maybe try and get a dynamic ball-playing fullback. But they don't just fall out of trees. No, they don't. And not. you just can't manufacture them. No, you can't. And then, while I was thinking that, <clears throat> he put through, Croker called it, but he put through that beautiful kick yeah. for the Croker try. I thought, well, clearly he does have some more strings to his bow, and as soon as as soon as <clears throat> other teams see that and they're aware of that, that gives you... The more options you have, the more time and space you have, the more opportunities you create, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they know you're only going to do one thing, it's like Camp Easy, buddy, yeah. Oh, yeah. passing to Joel Thompson. Yeah. You knew it was coming every single time. He was never going to step off a dodgy knee and go back in. It's like George Williams. By attacking, going back in, cutting in, running himself, not only can he
0: do that but it opens up all the other options outside him so uh, and the line look. the Raiders have really made it very clear they'd prefer to get tackled right next to the line and be defending yeah from the 10 meter line than put a kick in and perhaps it go over seven that. tackles yeah and you know they they made that very clear so you can expect to see a lot of those dying with the balls going for the line but uh, anyway I think we've uh, covered pretty much everything we've got a couple more things to cover all um. right. <clears throat> Listener of the Week. Oh, we've got a Listener of the listener Week. Listener of the Week. We've got a Listener of the Week every week since we introduced
1: this segment a while ago. I pretty much will run out of listeners because we'll have covered every single one of them. But yes. Listener of the Week. I actually had someone reach out to me during the week. Um, right? they, and they put forward their case. To, they said they'd like to be Listener of the Week. In fact, you say they lobbied... They lobbied to be, be Listener to of be the Week. They lobbied to be a Listener of the Week. All right. It's not going to be that guy. Listener of this week, this week is Dan
0: from The Sportress. Nice who, one, Dan. Dan
1: is... We uh, love your
0: stuff. Love reading your
1: articles, Dan. Well. You know, present company, accepted, excluded, don't take any offence. I think no one writes about the Raiders better than this guy, professional or otherwise. He His understanding of the game and the team is second to none. Oh, most people that listen to this show probably already
0: check out The Sportress. Oh, yeah. But if you haven't, do, because yeah. it is a regular read and it's a regular good read. Also, Berkey's top 10 is always interesting. Yeah. And um, if you're not listening to it, obviously the Greenhouse podcast.
1: One other thing I was going to mention about Dan and The Sportress is, do you know, he has a column after Raiders games called Raiders Review. And in fact, that predates this show.
0: Oh, yeah, I was, aware that? That. I was completely aware of that. Well, well, then why did you suggest that we steal his name? I didn't suggest <laughs> anything. You said rolling, and I had to come up with something. I went Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. He does Raiders Review, we do Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Okay, there's the distinction then. I was making shit up <laughs> as I went along. I mean, how should that be a surprise to you?
1: Okay, so anyway, Dan, we, we, we're sorry for stealing your name. We didn't mean to, and keep up the great work.
0: Yeah, no, it's been
1: very, very good. One other thing I was going to mention, too, is pre-the pre, pre the, um, the game against the Roosters, I had just presumed that we were going to lose, and so I had this whole bit prepared for the next podcast that we are going to do post... Um, losing to the Roosters. Hmm. But it, it got wrecked because unfortunately, well, fortunately, Bastards. how <laughs> selfish of the team to wreck your prepared. Oh, we were gonna change the name. It was gonna be Roosters Review with Blake and the Pork. If you can't beat them, join them. Instead of recording from the world's stinkiest story, we were gonna be from the balcony of Revisi's overlooking beautiful Bondi Beach. Hmm. Uh, everything was gonna be better. We were gonna have this whole list of sponsors. We are gonna, half the show was just gonna be listing all the sponsors, yeah. you know, City, Ford, Samsung, Steggles, all these sponsors. We would have experienced the high life of, of what it's
0: like to be part of the Roosters organization. Yeah, what's the name of Richard Pratt's old company? Vissy. Yeah, Vissy Brown Paper Bags. Yeah. Vici. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be good. All right, you have been listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you soon.
1: Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.